Today's sponsor is Headspace. You slept every night of your life, so you should be pretty good at it by now, right? Unfortunately, many of us don't get the quality sleep that we need and could use a little bit of help, and that's where Headspace has got you covered. It's your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. And while they have meditations devoted to helping you reduce stress and increase your overall sense of well-being, they have an entire library of sleep stories, sleep music, and other sleep sounds that can help you get the quality sleep you desperately need. And for busy lifestyles, they have what's called wind downs. It's meditations and breathing exercises that are as short as three minutes so they can fit into anybody's schedule. I personally use Headspace myself. I've tried out some of the sleep stuff. It actually works. Like to me, it actually makes a difference. So Headspace, it's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews. That's a lot. And over 60 million downloads. Try it today for free and start sleeping soundly. So right now, our listeners get 30% off Headspace's entire library of meditations. Just go to headspace.com slash sleep pod for 30% off your subscription, but only until May 12th. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash sleep pod today. This is a Smart Passive Income Podcast with Pat Flynn, session number 76. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, he watches scary movies with the lights on, Pat Flynn. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Pat Flynn here, and I'm super stoked for today's session, session number 76. And in case you didn't know, the melody from the intro you just heard was from a song called 76 Trombones from The Music Man, actually one of my all-time favorite musicals. You know, before we get started, you know, along those lines, I just love to put little Easter eggs uh, like that in my business and my brand. I mean, obviously, you can tell that I have a lot of fun with that kind of stuff. Over at BreakthroughBlogging.com, uh, a product that I just launched, there are a lot of Back to the Future references within that course. That's my all-time favorite movie. From the icon to the other things throughout the course, it, it just adds a whole other level of interactivity that keeps it interesting. You know, and there's a lot of people who are in there who have already commented and found things and, and have, you know, thought that was pretty cool. So anyway, um, you know, a lot of other brands do the Easter egg thing, like in and out in their secret menu, Starbucks and the unadvertised way to order order things, Amazon.com's logo, you know, the the one with that has the, the 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 text Amazon and then a smiley face below that. Now did you know that it's also an arrow that points from A in Amazon to the Z in Amazon. So it's it's an arrow that points from A to Z to suggest that they have everything that you could ever want to buy online from A to Z. Things like that I I just totally geek out about and 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 imagine you you know it, it, uh, the the secret menu in and out. You know, if you if if you're if you know that, you sort of feel like you're on the inside. You know, that's what Easter eggs can do for you and your brand. So I just wanted to start with that tip. You know, what Easter eggs or fun little surprises can you add to your brand to make your users feel special? And that's what, that's really what it's all about. Of course, you don't want other people to feel left out if they don't know those things. But it's one of those things that when people discover whatever it is, um, it's cool. And it helps to get people in your brand to stick around and also talk about it with each other and, and, and feel special when they get to reveal something like that to somebody else. Like, hey, did you know they have a secret menu? No, really? 
Yeah, totally. Next time you go, ask for the animal style French fries. It's an in and out. So next time you go, ask for the animal style French fries. I'm not going to tell you what it is if you don't know. Anyway, we have uh, we had a little off tangent there. Uh, today's episode is actually a follow up to a post that I published earlier this week titled The Effect My Kids Have Had on My Business. You can check it out at smartpassiveincome.com slash kids. Uh, that's the short link to that article. And it's gotten a lot of great feedback so far. It's all about, you know, before I had kids, I was actually very worried about how having kids would affect my business because obviously having kids takes a lot of time and hard work, which I knew was going to eat into the time that I had for my business and the energy that I had. But Now, after experiencing parenthood for over three years, nearly four years now, I can definitely say that having kids has helped my business grow. My kids have taught me many things about uh, how I work and what I do and why I do what I do that have led me to become a better business person. One of the specific things uh, my kids have taught me is just how valuable my time is and and, and how to become extremely productive with the little time I, I do have to work during the day. I actually get more work done now that I have kids compared to before I had kids. And that's because I've learned and have practiced how to become extremely productive and efficient. The work I do has to be effective. It, it, it has to be. I mean, I have no other choice because I can't, I, I can't just work 12 hours a day anymore. I can't. It's impossible. I mean, I, I, I could, but if I did that, it would be time away from my kids. And plus, I, I don't want to work 12 hours a day. But I want to get things done. I want progress to be made. So, of course, work still has to happen, but it needs to happen efficiently and effectively. So that's what this podcast episode is about. You know, on the surface, it's about productivity. But more importantly, it's about the things you can do to get things done, done well and done faster and done smarter so that you can do other important things in your life too. That's that's the most important part, that last part. So you can do other important things in your life too. There are so many amazing resources out there already that help us become more productive, but what a lot of that stuff is missing is the why. You know, why are we trying to be so productive? To save time? For what? Unfortunately, the answer to that question for many people is is to do more work. Because they don't have a real answer, you know, they get more work done, and they get it, uh, you know, they, they get it done smartly and faster, so they can do more work, which is interesting. For me, you know, I didn't know what my why was until my wife gave birth to our son, and it was then that I realized the why. He almost forced me to realize it because I wanted to be with him so much and all the time, so I had to learn how to be productive. Like I mentioned in that post, every time after I had my son that I'd catch myself going down a YouTube wormhole or flipping through my Facebook newsfeed and and things like that, I'd feel terrible because that's time away from my son and my family. When my daughter was born nearly three years later, that why became even stronger and the need to become more efficient became much stronger too. For me, It's my kids. That's why I'm productive. But for you, it could be something else. But again, the point of this is that productivity, it's sort of like money. You know, we can make money, but what's it for? Sometimes people forget or they don't even know and everything just becomes all about the money and making more of it and overworking yourself or putting money over other important things in life. We can save time and make more time by being productive. But what for? 
you know, sometimes people forget or don't even know and everything just becomes about work and adding more to the list and, and taking on too many projects because, you know, you're able to work faster and smarter. So before we get to my top 10 tips for productivity, actually, it's not my top 10, sorry, it's my top, uh, I believe it's eight. There's more than eight, but I have eight listed because I'm going to be going over some previous productivity tips that I've shared before. Uh, so, so these are my top eight productivity tips. Before we get to that, um, you know, I want you to ask yourself that question and answer it. Why do I want to be more productive? So we'll get to the how in just a second, but right now you need to answer this question. Why do I want to be more productive? You want to save time? Well, what for? So that you can, what? Why do I want to become more productive? If you don't have the answer yet, don't worry about it. You can come back to it later, but definitely search for that answer and own it. Make that your reason for learning how to be more productive and efficient and work smarter. And you will do what you need to do to make things happen if you know what that is. I tell you, my kids, they, they, they've taught me a lot and I'm so thankful for it. So I hope the following tips and strategies help you too. Ow, I hit my hand on the desk. Now, I've talked about productivity before, specifically here on the podcast actually. First time in episode number 12, uh, which was a solo show I did back in December of 2010. So that was a while ago. Then I did another uh, episode. It was actually an episode with five other people on it. That was episode 43 called The Summer Marketing Mashup Productivity uh, Show. And then more recently, I talked about productivity in session number 68. Um, what I'm going to do is in the next five minutes, I'm going to recap the most important parts of each of those episodes because they are important productivity tips. You know, I don't want to skip over them, but I want to bring you something new in today's episode too, you know, in the meat of it. So going back to episode 12, there were two big takeaways for me. Um, and hopefully for you too, if you've listened to that episode and this is going to serve as a reminder for you if you did. The first one is having goals that are SMART, S-M-A-R-T, specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-bound. To me, the two most important factors of those five, in my opinion, uh, I mean, they're all important, but the two most important factors when setting goals is making sure that they are measurable so you can actually know if you've achieved those goals or not, and also having a deadline to meet those goals, a specific time in which you have to complete those goals. That's what's going to help you push forward. Secondly, in that episode, I talked about a sort of folder system that I used, which I actually still use. So what happens is with each project that I undertake, I create a folder, an actual physical folder. Inside that folder is a sheet or sheets of paper that list the steps required in order to complete that project. When I first create these folders, I start with the end goal and, and sort of work backwards from there, doing, doing everything I can to understand the path to get from where I'm at now to where I have to go. And if I don't know where, uh, what that path is, I do research. I ask people. I do whatever I can to, t to, to, to give me the right direction to go there. And what, what happens is this big goal, this big project folder becomes broken down into little tiny achievable steps, which become mini goals, which is a roadmap where I can check off things as I complete them. And, 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 and that act of just checking them off is so incredibly motivating. And I can see, like I can literally see, or literally see each time I check the next box, how much closer I am to the end, to the end goal. 
Now, steps will be added and, you know, things will be changed along the way. And I, I may not always follow the written path or, or a checklist, but it's there as a guideline and a motivator for me. And it's something I can take into my hands. Like when I'm working on something, I could take it into my hands, open it up and say, okay, this is the project we're focusing on now, this, this particular folder. What within this folder or what within this project matters right now? What's the next task to complete? This is how I'm able to manage and, and sort of organize multiple projects at the same time. Yes, different projects are going on at the same time, but when I'm working and trying to be productive, I'm only focused on one of those projects, one of those folders, and one of those particular parts of the checklist at a time. So that's, the, that's episode 12. In episode 43, the biggest takeaway for me, well, again, uh, a couple of things. This was an awesome session with five other amazing entrepreneurs, Dan and Ian from Lifestyle Business Podcast, Jeremy and Jason from Internet Business Mastery, and Tim Conley uh, from Foolish Adventure. We all shared some of our top productivity tips, and mine was to exercise and stay healthy. Like I cannot emphasize enough the importance of that. It will help you focus. It will help you be more creative when you need to be creative. And it'll, it'll help you get more done when you need to get things done. Plus, I mean, come on, you have to stay healthy. I mean, if you have a why behind what you do, if, if you're not healthy, then it's hard to enjoy whatever that why is, right? If I wasn't eating right and exercising, I'd be too tired to play with my kids or I wouldn't live as long as I could and be with them as much as I can throughout my life. I mean, I, I, I swear, a week after you begin to work out and eat right, you'll see major changes in your productivity and the time that you feel like you lose working out and running or eating well, cooking nicely, um, you get back in, in focus and, and, and creativity and just brain power and productivity. I mean, you'll see just how much of an impact it has. Richard Branson's number one productivity tip is exercise. I mean, what does that tell you? The other thing that came from uh, this episode, uh, number 43, was from Jeremy from Internet Business Mastery Academy or internetbusinessmastery.com. And it has to do with learning and, and staying focused on learning what you need to learn at that moment in time. He calls it just-in-time learning, and I love that. And the reason this is so important for, product, for, for productivity's sake is because think about it. Learning what to do is a major part of what we do, right? A lot of the time we spend is spent learning. And with so many things to do, it's really easy to learn too many things at once. And when you get to that point when you're learning too much, you become overwhelmed. And I know we've all felt that overwhelm before. Too many things going on at once. And with learning, it's tough because a lot of those things that we wanna learn are important. They just might not be important now. So the trick is to A, know what you're going for right now, like what's your next task that like we talked about earlier, and B, learn stuff for that right now, and that's it. You know, if you come across another article or podcast or tool that can help you later, it's still smart to acknowledge that that's there, but don't get deep into it where you all of a sudden shift direction and start something new, and the other thing wasn't even finished yet. I know we've all fallen into that trap before, you know. So when you come across something new that you don't need right now because it's not what you're focusing on, file it. Now, what I do is I use Evernote. So if I come across something on the web, for example, I use a tool um, called Evernote Web Clipper. It's, so, it's sort of an add-on tool to Evernote that allows me to save something on the web and drop it right into my Evernote 
you know, a specific notebook uh, that I have already set up in, in Evernote, uh, which is which is great. And I know I can come back to it later. And then, um, you know, I can go back to what I'm supposed to be learning right now. I mean, that was that was a huge takeaway for me from that particular episode personally. And in the most recent productivity session in number 68, I only talked about one productivity tip, uh, one productivity tip, but it was a big one. And it's the idea of working in small, but complete all the way to finish batches. So finishing until completion, until repeating and doing again, instead of, you know, doing all the first step of something and then all the second step of something, et cetera. Um, I recommend you listen to that episode to get the full gist of of what was being talked about. It's sort of hard to explain in just a few sentences. It, it kind of goes, you know, what, what's interesting about it is it goes against normal thinking. You know, what we think would be faster um, is actually slower, um, which is kind of cool. Now, for this episode, which I'm really excited about, I'm going to give you some of my top tips, which range from, you know, mindset in certain scenarios and situations to specific tools that you can use and other mind hacks that might work in your favor. But again, never forget the why behind all of this or else really it's just, you know, really it's just pointless. I mean, why do I want to become more productive? Ask yourself that. Write it down. Post it onto your computer because it's, 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 it's what's going to make you feel bad when you aren't productive. And it's what you will have to look forward to once you complete what you're doing that day. So why do we want to become more productive? Answer that. Post it somewhere. That's what's going to make you feel bad and that's what's going to push you forward. Feel bad when you're not being productive. That's what I meant. Okay, so let's get into these eight tips. Tip number one, uh, th- and this one's actually another question to ask yourself. And you'd ask yourself this question when anybody asks you to do something or anything new sort of comes up. Any new, um, you know, th- this this goes along with that learning thing, uh, just in time learning as well. You know, anything new that comes up. Of course, we'll we'll be, we'll be working on something and then get interrupted or something new. I'm, you know, we'll get an email for something new. People will ask us things. The best thing you could do is ask yourself the following question about whatever it is that's presented to you. The question is, how does this fit into my overall plan? Like, why does this matter? For example, if someone comes up to you and asks you to do an interview, you want to ask yourself, well, how does this fit into my overall plan? And if it doesn't, then maybe it's something that you shouldn't do and you should consider declining actually it's something you should decline it's a really simple question to ask yourself that will help you make better decisions and make those decisions faster which is the point here you know decisions that sometimes take a lot of thinking and time especially when you know when you're presented with these opportunities you think about the benefits and the possibilities and the planning and the acting on it or whatever um but the truth is you need but before you make a decision you need to take it down to the core to the root level of really what matters. How does this fit into my overall plan? Someone sends you five books out of nowhere as a gift and also obviously to share with your audience. You know, they send you five books, one's for you, four for your audience. The author says, I love your work, Pat. I wanted to give you my new book as a thank you for your inspiration and four other books that you can give away to others if you'd like. So ask yourself, hmm, how does this fit into my overall plan? Is it a book that fits my plan? If not, I'm not going to read it really, but I'll happily accept it. You know, you, you don't want to deny people the, the kind act of giving you something, but will giving it away to my audience fit into my overall plan? Either, yes, it'll better serve my audience and be a great gift for a few lucky participants in a contest or, you know, people who have been helping me out lately, I can just give it to them. And maybe for that reason, it would fit into my overall plan and I would give it away. Or maybe not. 
it's a book that doesn't really align with my own goals and my and my audience's goals, so I'm going to respectfully decline or just not take the time to give them away. Someone leaves a nasty comment on your blog. Dude, you should totally reply to that. Hmm, how does replying fit into my overall plan? Will a reply better serve my audience? Maybe perhaps uh, be an example for everybody else or answer a question that everyone else might have. But you know, depending on the comment, it may be worth just leaving there or deleting the whole thing. Again, it's a fantastic question to ask yourself all of the time when new things come up and decisions have to be made. How does this fit into my overall plan? If it doesn't, move on. See, that's a great question to ask yourself when you're out buying something and um, you know you go to the Apple store or whatever and you're about to buy something. How does this fit into my overall plan? You might save a few hundred dollars, actually, if you ask yourself. Or you might be very proud of a purchase that you know is going to help you. Okay, tip number two. Almost along the same lines, and, and this is something I've had to learn how to do in the last year or so. I, I was really bad at it. Especially after my daughter was born, I had to really, really know how to do this because I, I had even less time to do things. I've struggled with this quite a bit. I've had to learn how to say no. Saying no is, is one, of the hardest, one of the hardest things to do, and, you know, especially when there are opportunities involved, especially when you're being asked for, by people you know and trust and love. I mean, it's so easy to say yes but you don't realize when you say yes sometimes just how much time it might take away from what you know you should be focusing on. I mean, I know, trust me, I know what it's like to want to be liked by everyone, which means trying to please everyone and oblige. It's especially hard when your friends and colleagues ask you for favors or they need you to do this or that. But saying no is going to save you so much time and it will keep you on track. And of course, the saying no part comes as a result of understanding how those types of things you need to make a decision about fit into your overall, overall plan like we talked about in the last hit. Quick story, earlier this year, uh, I got invited to speak at an event in Italy. Italy, I mean, it's Italy. I mean, it's it's the place I've always wanted to visit. I, I studied architecture there, you know, Florence, Rome, Venice, and all that stuff. It was my favorite part of architecture history class. And I got invited to speak there, to get paid to go and speak there. And and speaking is something I absolutely, absolutely love to do now. I mean, what more could I ever want? What I mean, this is a huge opportunity. Well, I ended up declining the offer, which hurt a little because, yeah, maybe – it was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Maybe not. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping not, but maybe it was. But I thought to myself, how does this fit into my overall plan? And with the launch of a product this year, my book coming out, my daughter being born just recently, it would have been a trip that was done more because it was for me and because it was Italy than one that would benefit what I was doing and what my goals are. You know, I can always go to Italy later. It was an attractive offer, but it, but it wasn't what I needed to do at that time. Um, so it made the decision a lot easier. And I don't feel bad because of it. You know, I was able to make that decision, move on, and hopefully other opportunities might come my way in which I would then reassess the situation and make another decision based on what's right for me in my business at that moment in time. And also, more importantly, what's right in my life at that time. Like I said, a big part of that decision was my why. I didn't want to leave my six-month-old baby, my wife and my son, for like two weeks. I, no way. I mean, that, that made the decision really easy. I dare you to say no to drugs. 
and, and stuff, anything that doesn't align with your goals and your why. Okay, tip number three, don't email sabotage yourself. This is a tip I think I picked up from the four-hour work week by Tim Ferriss, but I, I can't remember exactly because it's a small tip um, that isn't talked about very often, so it may not seem that important, but it absolutely is. I mean, especially nowadays with smartphones and how easy it is to check email. I mean, there, we could dedicate a whole episode, probably a whole 10 episodes, to, to, to cranking out emails, mastering email management and all that stuff. But email sabotage is a term I'm calling this. Um, it's checking your email in a place where you can't take action on that email no matter what those emails might say. Or you're in a place where you know you should be focusing on something else like your family or or the movie you're, you're trying to enjoy or just life. I mean, email has this evil ability to take us away from what we're doing no matter what it is and just suck us in even if we can't do what that email asks us to do the moment we read it. The moment we read it, our mind is there on that task, you know, in that email, whatever that email's about, and it's no longer in the present where it was before you checked your email. I mean, if you if, if you get an email, for example, and it requires you to do something and you can't do it because you're not, you know, at home or whatever, I mean, what's the point? You could have just read that email when you got at home and 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 the time at which you could finally act on that email, it would have never changed. I mean, it wouldn't change. But more importantly, you weren't you know, if you if if you just waited, you aren't taking yourself away from what you should have been doing, like paying attention to your, I don't know, significant other while playing mini golf. You know, when you decide to open your phone and check email, and then you get a slap in the face or something. I don't know, but the point is, I found that a lot of times I would I used to check emails, and even though I couldn't answer them right away and do what the email suggested I do, you know, if they're from like a team member or I had to do something, I kept thinking about those things. And it took me away from the present. And that wasn't fair to whoever was around me. And it wasn't fair to myself too, because part of productivity is not just being productive when you're at work, but being productive at life, right? So there are a few things you could do. You know, one thing is I turned off email notifications on my phone. You know, I don't want my phone to tell me when I got an email. I want to check my inbox when I'm ready to check my inbox, if that makes sense. So that's probably the biggest tip there, but also just don't email sabotage yourself. All right, tip number four. If you do stuff that's repetitive, meaning you, you, you do certain tasks or complete certain tasks over and over and over again, systemize those things, meaning write down all the steps that you take to do whatever it is that repetitive task is, and then take out everything that's unnecessary. You might find that by writing things down, you're gonna see, well, what this? why is this in here? We don't need to do this. Or you might be able to combine steps to make it even shorter. This way, you can hone in on exactly what you need to do to complete the same task, and or you can give that task to someone else, and they'll be able to do it uh, the way you want them to do. And you know, because you've taken out all the unnecessary steps, um, you're, it's gonna get done much faster. And if you have someone else do it, I mean, you're not putting any work in that at all if it's something that you can hand off. Now, if it's something you do over and over again, you know, either look for other people to help you or use tools to help you with those repetitive tasks. For example, I get a lot of emails and many of those emails are the same or they ask the same exact questions. And since they are the same, they require somewhat of a similar answer, of course. Now, instead of trying to type out the answer to each individual email manually, I use a tool to help me quickly plug in the response that I've already pre-written for that particular question. 
There's a Gmail tool called Gmail Canned Response, which is like an add-on, I believe, uh, for Gmail that will make it really simple for you to just save a response one time so you can bring it back again later. Make sure you change the names or anything else that's custom for each person. Um, I've done that a couple times. Um, but there's a there's a better tool that I like, actually, that I use called Text Expander, which is for Mac. I believe there might be an alternative for PC, although I don't know. Um, and what I like about text banner is, uh, or text expander, um, it's not it's not just for you know in your Gmail email client. It's for your entire computer. You know, I th- I, I think it's the tool I use the most every day besides Evernote. You know how it works is you can have a pre written message or pre written messages, any number of them, and it could be for anything: email signatures, even HTML and PHP code. If you're a coder, um, you know I have a, a number of of those uh, for you know creating tables within emails and things like that. And with each block of text or characters that you pre-write, you can also set a corresponding abbreviation or set of characters on your keyboard, which allows you to just type in those few letters or those characters in that same sequence, and immediately those letters disappear, and in its place are everything that you've pre-written. It's so awesome. I mean, I even have it for specific words like thanks and cheers, you know, or, or thank you so much and cheers, have a nice day. That is T-Y with the exclamation point, boom, it disappears and thank you, have a nice day comes in uh, and C-R exclamation point for, for the cheers one. I mean, yeah, it's only a fraction of a second I'm saving here and there, but there are words I type in all, these are words I type in all the time, you know, multiple times a day. And over the course of the day, that that's a lot. That's you know, significant amount of time, or so, maybe not that significant. But over a year, over my entire lifetime, that's a ton of time saved. I mean, we never think about the long term savings. We just we we always want the short term, you know. But a fraction of a second, which seems like nothing now, over time, can shave off a ton of time and allow you to do other things. So the point is. Uh, and, and and sort of a second conclusion to this number tip, tip number four, is just shave off seconds anywhere you can. Now, tip number five is stemming off of that last statement, shave off seconds anywhere you can. A great productivity tip is to take what you do and what you enjoy doing in your business and upgrade your skills. That means pay for training, get mentorship, take classes, do whatever you can to, to, to just get better at those skills, to master those skills that you love to do and, and, and put it to use so that you know they become second nature to you. Because when they become second nature, you're not even thinking about it anymore. Those things just happen. And, and, and you could speed right through them and they just, you know, they still have the same quality, if not better quality than what you're used to. I've taken writing seminars, for example, as a result of knowing just how much I was going to be writing for my blog and my books and things like that. I did that because I knew it would help me better master the craft of writing blog posts. And although I, I know I'm not perfect at it, I know I'm pretty good at it. And I don't have to think much anymore or as much as I used to in order to write a, a nicely structured, compelling, shareable, potentially viral blog post. And of course, yes, practice and time and experience help, but taking classes helped even further. It sped up the process. So think about it. What skills should you improve and master? So start with the ones you love uh, and yeah, I do I do enjoy the writing process. Now, tip number six. Now, what about the tasks and things that you don't love to do but still have to get done? If you want to truly be productive, you're going to have to learn how to let go of a lot of those things and have somebody else do them for you. 
somebody who could potentially do them more efficiently, better and faster, and at the same time as you, so you can do what you need to do. Hiring help is the ultimate in productivity, and only recently have I truly learned the power of that. Now, you may have noticed if you've been following Smart Passive Income for a little bit, um, in the last couple months, I've been able to produce quite a bit of stuff for the SPI audience. Not only have I been able to continue to produce podcasts like this and blog posts, but I've come out with a book, Let Go, a multimedia book that included a lot of video production. I've come out with nichesitedual.com, a, a hub that was built from scratch with a community for those participating in the Niche Site Duel. And, and I've come out with a full-fledged course called Breakthrough Blogging, which um, you know you could see what it's all about at breakthroughblogging.com if you wish. But the point is that these past two months have been the most productive of my blogging career. And it's because I've had a team working with me on these specific projects. And what's awesome is that th- th- this is a team that truly cares about my business. I mean, they, 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 you know, we have an awesome relationship together um, and we share the same values and, and we all really want the business to succeed. And I'll talk in a later episode about the team I put together and maybe have them come on too and talk about how, how this all works and what, what, what we could improve on and things like that and the challenges that go along with having a team. But even before putting together this particular team I have now, uh, which meshes really well together. I also had to learn back in the day how to hire out single tasks like voiceover work and accounting and bookkeeping and research and things like that using sites like Odesk and Elance and hiring people like my CPA. You know, I'd probably still be doing my taxes from 2010 if it wasn't for my CPA who knows what he's doing because that's what he's an expert in. And yes, it takes money to get help unless you know you get an intern or someone to volunteer, which is cool too. But you just have to realize that you can only do so much. You can only do so much. And if you really want to grow, you're going to have to get some help. So again, something that took a really long time for me to realize. And I want to share that with you. Okay, tip number seven. This one actually comes from a video that I saw from Yaro Starok. Yaro, uh, who blogs at entrepreneurs-journey.com, put out a video a few months ago and I've honestly been trying to look for it. I couldn't find it, but if I do, I'll put it in the show notes. Anyway, the video was Yaro talking about one of his favorite productivity tips, uh, which really resonated with me and I gave it a shot and it worked really well. And this was the tip. He said, before you start your work, do the dishes. Do the dishes. Or any little 10-minute task that needs to be done around the house. Because what happens is when you do that, you're transitioning yourself into work mode from sort of rest mode. You know, you're, you're, you're probably starting to think while you're doing that task a little bit about what you're going to do when you start your work. You know, you get out of that relaxed mode and guess what? You've also finished something that needed to be done around the house and it feels great. And you move on to your business in a good mood because you finished something already and you'll have a head start mentally as opposed to if you just went into the grind sort of cold, you know, just, okay, let's start work. You know, it's better to have the dishes to do. I've actually been using this strategy myself the last few months after watching this video, and it totally works. And, of course, my wife also appreciates that the dishes get done. So there's that added benefit as well. Now, this this, this last tip, tip number eight, last but not least, this one has to do with, interruptions and this one's an important one whenever we're working you know as much as we try to avoid it as much as we close the door or whatever we're always going to be interrupted and yes 
the best thing you would to do would the, I mean the best thing to do would be to say hey hold on I have to finish this and keep going with what you're doing until you get to a good stopping point or you complete a particular task on your checklist but of course that doesn't always happen or we don't always have that opportunity uh, it, it doesn't happen very often actually this is this is important to talk about because when you're focused and you're in work mode and then something happens to your flow it's devastating. You know, it takes forever to get back to that point. You may never get back to that point. And once you're out of it, it just takes forever. Now, here's the trick. When you're interrupted with something or by something or for something and you have to go do something else in the middle of what you are already doing, before you leave, you say to yourself out loud, when I get back, the first thing I'm going to do is blank. And you fill in the blank. You don't actually say blank, of course. When I get back, the first thing I'm going to do is finish this paragraph about tip number eight. And there you go. So by simply saying what you're going to do, when you get back to what you're going to do, you're going to remember exactly where you left off. And there will be a better chance you'll get back into the swing of things, into the groove without having to guess where you were and, and, and without taking too much time. You know, I get interrupted all the time here at, at home because I have crazy kids. And uh, the strategy is absolutely gold to me. And so I'm passing along to you and I want you to give it a shot. And I have to say, uh, you know, for me, I have to say it out loud, actually. That's, that's just me. But when I just think it, when I just think to myself, mm, I'm going to go back to whatever, it doesn't, it doesn't work quite as well for some reason. I have to say it out loud. So give that a shot the next time you're interrupted and, and, and then report back to the blog and let me know if that helped. I'm curious to know if it helps you too. Or maybe you have a get back into it strategy of your own that you'd like to share with everyone. So head on over to smartpassiveincome.com slash session 76 and leave a comment there. So there you go. Eight productivity tips that I use. And, and seriously, if you were to take just one of these tips, um, actually, let's go over them again really quick. One how does this fit into my plan? Remember, ask yourself, anytime something new happens or an opportunity happens, how does this fit into my plan? Number two, learning to say no. And again, that takes practice. It's hard. Number three, don't email sabotage yourself. If you can't do anything about the emails, like no matter what those emails say at that point in time, don't look at the emails. You're gonna lose yourself. Number four, use tools to help you with repetitive tasks and systemize things and take out the unnecessary and combine steps if you can. Number five, upgrade the skills you love to associate with you. Number six, outsource or get other people to help you with the stuff that you don't like or can't or don't want to do. Number seven, do the dishes. Number eight, when you're interrupted, say, when I get back, the first thing I'm going to do is blank. So just take one of these, implement it, and you're going to see a difference, especially in the long run, but even in the short run too. In this, if, if you're going to try one of them, try saying no. I mean, that's probably the biggest one here. That one will make you feel pretty crazy on the inside too. But if you if you remember the why, you know why you're saying no, and also with these with these other things, remember why are you saying no? Why are you using these tools and upgrading your skills? Why are you doing the dishes? Why are you trying to become more productive? It's going to make productivity a lot more meaningful, and everything that you're working towards a lot more meaningful too. So thank you again for listening to the Smart Passive Income podcast. Show notes are available and you can leave comments at smartpassiveincome.com slash session 76. I appreciate you so much. You are awesome for sticking 
all the way through uh, the, this episode, and and I'm just so appreciative of you. Um, look out for me on the speaking circuit in the next couple of months. Financial Blogger Conference opening keynote speech, my very first keynote um, in October in St. Louis. It's going to be an awesome event. I can't wait. It's my favorite conference of all time. Um, also, New Media Expo, um, another conference I love in January. I hope to see you there. Um, I don't know. I think tickets are going to be on sale soon. Um, New Media Expo. It's going to be awesome in Vegas. So um, if you're a Vegas person, that that's a good one to go to as well. So yeah, until next time, keep rocking it thank you everyone so much peace thanks for listening to the smart passive income podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com so podcasting is obviously a big deal here at spi and today I'm so excited to tell you about our newest podcast. Yes, a brand new podcast called Flops. Flops is all about exploring, celebrating, and normalizing failure in the entrepreneurial journey. Every entrepreneur experiences failure at some point, so I love that we're just facing it head on here. And the show is hosted by two members of the team, Karen and Ray, and in it, they talk to entrepreneurs who have had stumbles, setbacks, and flat-out failures. These guests are honest and generous with their stories, and I think they offer hope and encouragement for all other entrepreneurs out there because we all experience it, right? We all experience failure. For example, in the first episode, Ray talks to John who got caught up in a Ponzi scheme. It's a story with twists and turns that will keep you hooked. It's a great story. I highly recommend you check it out. But one thing I love about Flops is that it doesn't dwell on the failure and it always finds a bright side. I really love it and I think you will too. So the first season of Flops has already started with new episodes dropping on Wednesdays. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also listen at smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. I hope you enjoy it.